Jordan Peterson declares war in Canada. You can't silence a man that has convictions. Also, the TSA is just letting them all in, you know, all of them. And Joy Reid is mad that Nikki Haley's not winning. Also, prosperity versus poverty. What's godly, what's not? Find out all this and more today on Self-Evident Podcast. Welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. The fans are in the stands today. You got Massey, you got Mike. Guys, Yo. if you've not subscribed yet, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Get on our podcast subscriptions. Uh, hit the likes and the notifications on YouTube, uh, Rumble, uh, other places, Space, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we, we're, it's, it's awesome, man. Our YouTube is growing, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, little by little, piece by piece, man. We're not, we're not buying likes. We're not buying follows. We're just nope. trying to be as organic <laughs> as we can uh, and using the system to do it, I guess. Right? Yeah. You don't ever see us... Posting a ton of pictures and stuff because it's almost like we don't want to use that to gain people. We just want the gospel to get out there. And so, again, theselfevidenttruth.com, uh, become a sponsor, become a partner. And we got a big event coming up here on March 7th. We're just not ready to release those details yet, but it's exciting. I've texted some of you to be a part of it. It's going to be good. Also, thank you to our sponsors and everybody that keeps us on air because that's what we're doing here is staying on air. And we're we got still a lot of, here. And we're, yeah, we got a lot of news bits coming up. We got our yeah. tour coming up in February, which is exciting. Uh, the, the weather really kicked our butts this year, yeah, uh, yeah. right away in January. Already. We almost should predict that, but we couldn't predict it. So uh, we're going to be out there very, very soon. I think we're going to Nevada next. That's pretty sweet. So right away in the winter, it's going to be cold up there, bro, in February. But I'm excited either way. Mike. Hi. What's up? What's up? It was a good podcast last time. Yeah, if you guys Friday's podcast was you sweet. guys didn't watch or listen, you better go back. You better and go do back, it. That and was because a good one, because we're doing a learn from history series this year, and probably for the future, Mondays are always the spiritual. What are we looking at, and how do we disseminate the word? Because we're that kind of ministry, and if you guys, we're really thinking about doing this daily. We're really thinking about mm-hmm. going to a daily type podcast. We'll see. We'll see if that's where the Lord leads us. You know, and and um, your guys' donations help us do that. So thank you. Um, we're almost in a position to do that. God is faithful and good. Amen. So let's get into this. We got a lot to cover. Uh, Jordan Peterson declares Vaugh. Uh, you forgot the stinger. Sorry. <laughs> it's time for news bits. I keep forgetting that daggum. Way Massey. <laughs> I was that horse that jumped the gate. I was that runner that started before the gunshot. Funk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fell on my face. Jordan Peterson declares war. <laughs> well, a three-judge panel in Ontario Court of Appeal decided against Jordan Peterson and dismissed his challenge against the decision of the Ontario Divisional Court. Just listen closely to this. Silencing your opposition, okay? What they decide that the College of Psychologists of Ontario could threaten his license over some comments he made and retweeted unless he underwent re-education. Does Gulag sound familiar? Uh, so, something about camps, 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 and, 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 and our opposition should go into those camps Yeah, to make them submit to it, our order and rule. And it, it's not 
to make them think differently. It's it's, it's really just to re-educate. It's to correct your thinking. Yeah, correct the education. Not think differently, just correct what you're thinking. Yeah. We, we want you to think correctly. So we're going to correct your thinking by intense scrutiny, criticism, and oppression. <laughs> That's the way. Man. He posted... Because, of course, he would. A higher court in Canada has ruled that Ontario College of Psychologists, indeed, has the right to sentence me to a re-education camp. There are no other legal avenues open to me now. It's capitulate to the petty bureaucrats and the the adult-pated woke mob or lose my professional license. Congratulations at CP Ontario. You won this round, but mark my words, however, the war has barely started. There's nothing you can take from me that I am unwilling to lose, so watch out. Seriously, you've been warned. You can't stop a man with conviction, bro. You can't stop a man that has a conviction of truth in his heart. Can't. And this may sound offensive to some people, but it's that whole concept of he's got FU money. So, like... (laughs) As we talk I, about I know, prosperity I know, today. Yeah, I know today is like Monday Theology Day, but like that is the term, and <laughs> his boys are laughing because they know the term. But it really is. Like, Peterson <laughs> is is wealthy enough to where he can pick this fight, and they can't hold his livelihood over his head. Truth. And good. You need that person who, let's fight, you can't take the money away from right. me because I earn it outside of what you want to do That's to exactly me. it. Now, I know Peterson is going to be bring full fury, like you just said. He's going he's gonna to go after them. Here's my concern in this whole thing. They'll take his license, mark my words. He'll fail the re-education, and they'll use that as a reason and evidence to revoke his license. Unfortunately, he got railroaded, but we're hoping for better. We're hoping... and. There's a guy named Pierre that's going up against uh, Trudeau right now, and he's that guy's awesome. Killing I love him right that now. guy, crushing Trudeau. Yeah. And his, uh, I like watching it actually. I it's know. Like, and the guy's not trying to be. Well, who knows? I don't really know his heart. I've only seen clips and certain videos and stuff. But dude, he's very reasoned and sound. Now, kind of carries still that well, I'm a magistrate. Yeah. Right. But but uh, he's the guy who he was eating an apple one time, shooting down a reporter. Right. <laughs> Why would you ask that? <laughs> well, no, you you called me Trump. <laughs> why would you ask, why would you say that? And he's just like biting the apple, dude, totally cool, calm. calm. He's not he's phased. awesome, dude. It's like yeah, I like there was this a reporter guy. that asked the guy. We got to cover him actually yeah. in one of these shows. Porter asked him, you know, or said to him, there are, there are many experts who say you're this and this and this. He goes, who are the experts? And that person kept trying to avoid uh-huh. that question, he kept trying to trying to go lead him into it. a question. He's like you're bringing a premise that's false if you can't even name the people accusing me. And he accused him of taking a page out of Trump's book. You know, he's like, how? Give me an example. <laughs> well, you know, because you support this policy. So that's out of Trump's book? It's <laughs> like, that's he, out of he a liberty book. the guy so well. Yeah, it's good. Anyways, Anyways however, it hopefully it, it frees him. He won't uh, think about the license and he can keep producing books, shows, and continue the fight. What I've always learned is this, and I get what he's doing, Titles don't make the man, courage does, and truth does. Either his arguments are sound and good, or they're not. Right. And a title doesn't dictate that. Because I've seen so many people who actually study their butts off and are more expert than the experts. Mm-hmm. And the experts have got us into the COVID mess. The experts yeah, got us listen into... To the experts. Listen, financial experts got us $31, $32 trillion of debt right now. The financial experts, by the way. Government experts have gotten us to where we can't even afford 
what's going on out there today. The, the, the middle class is shrinking. These are experts, by the way. Experts. Just so we know, right? Inflation, well, hopefully it goes. It's trending downward. Thank you, Jesus. It's trending downward. But it's the experts that got us this. Experts got us less freedom, more law. Experts will tell you there are 72 genders. Experts tell you 72 genders. Experts back in the day, scribes and Pharisees, were the ones trying to hold back Christ and killed him for it. Called him the devil. Experts. Experts. Now, being an expert in something doesn't make you bad by nature, but be careful that I'm the expert. I know. That's called pride. And the Bible actually says this in Corinthians. He chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The weak things of the world to confound the mighty. Just saying, right? Why did he choose 12 fishermen or 12 men with different occupations that weren't professionals in their field mm-hmm. instead of the wise of this world? He, he chose the tax collectors. He chose the, the fishermen. fishermen. He chose yeah. carpenters. He chose yeah. those of those fields. Why? Because their hearts are moldable. Those who think they know everything won't ever mold into what's right. Mm-hmm. Right? Anyways, moving on. TSA is letting them all in. Here we go. So the TSA in Miami has started a new campaign. Uh, they have now determined that if you're a migrant, you don't need to show an ID to get through security. <laughs> Man, if what you, you want, mean ID? But if what you, you want, get, if you want to get a picture for the memory, you know, kind of like the rides at Disney, you can do that. Otherwise, no need. Literally, no <laughs> need. So Dave Rubin took a picture of a sign that said, and a quote. TSA is partnering with CBP to test the use of CBP-1 at certain TSA checkpoints to validate adult non-U.S. citizen travel Not documentation. Nope, non-U.S. citizen travel documentation when the traveler does not otherwise have an acceptable form of identification. You can do that? <laughs> Dude, I want to get in that line. So how it works, exactly. One, Notify the TSA officer that you are a migrant. Everybody take notes. Two, the TSA officer will take a photo. Optional. If requested, provide your alien identification number or biographic information. Follow officer instruction. You hear that? If requested. I wonder how many times TSA agents are told, hey, you better ask for their identification number or biographical information. It says this sign... Photo captures voluntary. You may decline to have your photo taken. If you do not wish to have your photo taken, please notify a TSA officer. You must still provide your alien identification number or biographical information to the TSA officer, even if you do not have your photo taken. CBP-1 only verifies the information you previously provided to CBP and will not store your information. Because your information is verified through CBP-1, TSA will also not store your information as part of this process. Wait a second. You're going to verify my information, but you're not going to store my information. But they're storing our information. Yes, they'll store. If we're on a no-fly zone or no-fly list, then we then because we're the citizen. Yes, we should be more on lockdown than the ones coming from the outside. We're because that makes total sense. We're the dangerous ones. We're the dangerous ones because yes, because you're white. Yes, and I'm Mexican. But wait, I'm American. Thank God for social security numbers, huh? What the heck is CBP? Uh, The Border Patrol. Um, So, so now of course they still want to protect you. Because after all, you have to provide your alien spaceship you number, your biographical information. You know, like, I come from Honduras. <laughs> but they'll argue that CBP-1 totally takes care of it through, like, this whole appointment and geolocation service that they never pay attention to. But these people And they're not storing. Yeah, they're so not storing they this gonna... information. Exactly. We'll, we'll verify it with the information that we're not storing that we have on you. But these people don't need tickets. They don't need IDs. They don't need proof of who they are. We fly you first. 
Right. I wonder. Okay. <laughs> Here comes Savior Government. That's right. Hallelujah. They know what they're doing, folks. These are the experts. The experts have the said experts. the migrants don't need photo ID or the experts taken. are enslaving you and allowing others to do what they want. That's because that's America. Do you remember that code? I wish I still had the picture of it. The code we saw in the airport where it said that DHS was going to start requiring photos and, and of travelers. That's right, and capturing them at will. Yeah, capture it's and storing. Them. We've got to find this because it was a sign that was up. In the airport saying that DHS... It. I took a photo of it. Yeah. We, we should try and find it and post it. DHS saying, we're going to require to be able to take a picture of you. <gasps> but the migrants have options. Because we don't want to offend them. No. But you can offend American citizens. You know what I find funny is that sign that Dave Rubin took a picture of? It was in English. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, huh? Huh? They walk right past it. Can I take your photo? No. Who are you? No, no. most of them say yes. What? Yes. See. See. Yes. See. So offensive. Anyways, go ahead. You're up. Yeah. Joy Reid upset Haley can't win. I'm telling you, every Republican wants to see an endorsement for your person from the <laughs> from the Joy Reeds of the world. <laughs> Joy Reid came from uh, Nimrata's defense. Came to Nimrata's defense. Uh, <laughs> I love watching you read it in real time I'm when just, you hit the joke. Because it's like I read them and because uh, I skim through them, right? I'm like, dude. So I start to read it. I'm like, I'm getting your headspace. You know what I mean? Because I'm slowing down. I'm yep. getting in your headspace. <laughs> Good night, uh, Nikki Haley. By saying that Trump blew the competition out of the water, but it was because of <clears throat> racism. Again. Again, it's racism. I wonder how much stock Trump has in Advil. Because, <laughs> you know, racism. Uh, she said, it's the elephant in the room, and she's still a brown lady who's got to try to win a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and accepts the notion that you can stay immigrants. Oh, say that immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. Because that's what every Republican says. You know what I mean? She also said she couldn't imagine a scenario in which someone like Haley becomes the nominee of that party. That party. Well, here's the funny thing. Nikki Haley couldn't be the, member, the nominee of the party because her policy, policies suck. She's a rhino at best. At best, a Democrat at worst. <laughs> and so this is what I'm saying. She's terrible. She's a terrible candidate. She has nothing to do with conservatism. She's just towing the party line, saying everything that you want to hear, all the buzzwords, couldn't even tell you what the Civil War was about, you know, all that stuff. But it's about race. It's about race, right? No, it's racism, right? Those uh, snaggletooth, plaid-wearing, chew-spitting, F-150 driving, butt-scratching, MAGA, <laughs> MAGA craft yokels from Iowa who just can't handle themselves is one of the them there brown peoples. That's, that's what that's, it was. It was the... It was all those people with the 85 lifted Chevy pickup trucks with 35s on them and 454s that ha care nothing about emissions. They don't care about O2 sensors. They care about coal dust coming from their freaking diesels. It's Bruh. those guys that dominate the polls. Yes. yes. Those are the ones giving up their work to go listen to the, Trump speak. The ones sitting around drinking their beers going, you think it's a tan or do you think she just brown? Yeah. Wait, nope. she's do she, Wait. she's brown? Why is her last name Haley? He, well, 
do I vote for her or not? She's kind of on the line. Man, I don't know. And then first off, you're she's she slams Trump. That's your first mistake. Right. Nobody's going to like you. The one thing Vivek had, he never once capped on Trump. No. He threw poli- challenged some of Trump's policies but never capped on him. Never. He's smart. And you don't hear you hear conversation about Vivek, you hear the arguments of whether or not he's true or legit, and that's fine. But there nobody trusts Haley. And I really wonder like these numbers so Haley came in third, right? And people are saying, "Oh, Haley, she's making and you and I talked about this. Haley, she's making ground up, you know, she's she's the why is the media loving her?" And there's a lot of talk of Democrats actually voted in the primary. They switched to Republican or whatever, voted in the primary, pushed Haley forward. Because what I'm noticing is there's no Democrat going, coming out saying her policies are really dangerous for our nation. Exactly She's it. really dangerous. Exactly Why it. would we allow her? No, there's... Why do people hate her? I don't understand. Right. You know, it's funny. No one came to that one lady's defense. Who, who came out? She was the president of, like... Um, she was a secretary and they became the president. I think it was IBM, wasn't it? Uh, shorter hair. Do you oh, remember her? Oh, man, I know who you're talking about. So she was that taller, skinny lady. She was yeah, awesome. She, she really good ran responses. Republican ticket, but yep. kind of fell out of favor. And nobody came to her defense. Yeah. Yeah. Not like this, you know, because no. like, it's r- racism. Yes. Brown people stuff. But I bet you if someone like, and I'm just throwing a name out there, Star Parker ran for the Republican ticket, they wouldn't defend her. Call it racism. Oh, heck no, dude. <laughs> heck a, no. Guys, watch who you're listening to. Anyways, it's almost like Joy Reid and all those people, and I don't even know why we even reference her, they just want to let their people maintain power. And I want to maintain power in my household, my business. I like that, Right. That's why we're behind Energy Ops LLC. Yeah, because we, we maintain power in our households, and he makes sure that that power is maintained in your household or business. Thank you. Maintain in your business, home, you know, all those things. So, guys, go to Energy Ops LLC, right? Energy Ops LLC. Energy Ops LLC is a company that is Christian run, he's a good family man. He's a great guy. And if you're in the Charleston, South Carolina area, energyops.us, 843-263-1724, 843-263-1724. You can contact him. He will be in the Florida area by the grace of God, so he can even do some stiff around here because he's got license. He must be one of those F-150 toting, (laughs) whatever you said. Whatever I wrote. I don't know. All that. Snaggletooth plaid wearing, chew spitting, F-150 driving, butt scratching, moggy cap yokels from (laughs) Iowa who just can't handle themselves. He's from South Carolina. South Carolina. We're one of them that are brown peoples. Energyops.us. Run that one. Pal. Pal. So Mike and I were talking one of my... (laughs) Ironically, you lost the power. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what happens. My alternator catches almost on fire. Billows of smoke are coming out. It's the third one I've had to replace this year. It's like there must be something wrong with the charging system. I got my my friends looking at it or whatever. Maybe Energy Ops should fix that. Maybe. Maybe there's something (laughs) off. Uh, But uh, the mechanic, he was like, no, we've actually tested it. Maybe just junk parts, whatever. So on our way to go pick up my 1998 
Lexus. 220,000 mile Lexus, which I'm totally great. I love it's, that little car. I like the car. Right? And it's nice condition. So on my way to pick it up, we were talking about prosperity and poverty. And how does God want us to what? I'm, I'm no, no, no. I'm not laughing at you. It just it's funny thinking of the environment that we were oh, in yeah. talking yeah. about prosperity. You're, you're taking me to go get my car. That's a ninety-eight <laughs> that I had to Exactly. Anyway. You're ninety-eight I Lexus with two hundred and twenty thousand miles and a busted out alternator. Yeah. And we talk was, about prosperity. Sorry to derail. And, and, and it's cool because like I'm I'm not one to look at that issue with rose colored glasses. Right. As a matter of fact, um, I, I just hold words uh, true to the words of Jesus when he said, look at the lilies of the field. You know, I've clothed them. You know, how much more will I do for you? Like, don't take no thought for what you shall eat, what you shall wear, what you shall drink, King James, right? And I, and I hold true to that. It's like, Lord, if I take care of your business, you're going to take care of mine. However, you know, it's not wrong to think that God can prosper your way. I mean, because we have biblical examples of that. You know, uh, Abraham, we have David, Solomon, and some sinned with that poverty and some didn't. Job, you know. Uh, and what I love is what the enemy stole, God did restore, right? There was a restoration of uh, what Job had lost in double, right? And so it's cool to to talk about prosperity in the sense that God does, I believe, want to prosper his kids. I think it's right to say that he does want to do that. However, I think where we can miss that is when our focus becomes prosperity, not righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all those other things will be added to you. And I started reading that scripture, seek ye first the kingdom. And I started asking questions like, Lord, what does that mean? Your kingdom, that kingdom come, thy will be done. So I'm going through scripture. And then I asked, what is righteousness? And there's this website called the Gospel Coalition. I love that website. And shout out to you guys. Hope we can partner. Uh, the Gospel Coalition uh, is such a cool little resource. Uh, and I looked up the word, like, what is right? What does it mean, righteousness? So it went on that thing, and it listed four different types of righteousness that God has. And it was awesome how they weaved it in. I'm like, man, I never thought that deep, but seek ye first the kingdom and the righteousness of God, his character. Those four righteousnesses describe his character yeah. and, and who he is. He, he, he has a, retrib- a retributive uh, righteousness that when we sin, there's death, there must be a penalty uh, and all that stuff, but then there's a redemptive righteousness that he provides that redemption for that type of righteousness. So there's a, a, a redemptive righteousness that comes against the vindictive righteousness, so it appeases the wrath of God. It's a really cool read. You should check it out, and, and maybe we'll post a link. So we're, I'm, I'm, I'm in these things, and I'm studying the scripture saying, Lord, let me seek your kingdom, your will be done on earth, your character and then I won't even have to worry about the finances. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I won't pray for those things. I want the ministry to have to prosper. I want our finances to be such where I can leave my sons an inheritance, right? All those things. And, and me, Mike and I were just talking before the, the show that a lot of people will say, well, geez, if I had more money, I would give. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not going to do the thing you don't already practice. Thank you. Right? Lust takes over when you have more of that thing. All money does to me reveals who you really are, like where your heart really is. And some people use that money for good. And, 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 and many Christians use it for good. And some use it for terrible things to cover up the wickedness, all these other things. And so we're going to talk about that today, prosperity versus poverty. And there's a big debate in the Christian realm on whether you should be living in poverty or in riches. And, and Mike's right. That's a, that's a generalized statement, right? Yeah. Whether we should do this or that. And it should, I, I think it's a little more complicated than that. 
Because I do believe if, if we ask God for a fish, he won't give us a stone. He said that about our earthly fathers. But if I ask God for the, pro, for, for the money needed to run self-evident, I don't think he's left me hanging once. He's always come through. He's provided. He's always provided. And God has been so gracious to this ministry to do that. And I believe that if he guides, he provides. I'm totally for that. And and a, a big strain within the more charismatic church tends to wrap that idea that God wants you rich. And, and there is that strain of God wants you to be this. And it's like, I just look at biblical examples. I look at missionaries and I go, not always the case. It's not always the case. He doesn't want everyone to be rich. He, some are ordained. You know, I don't think Abraham ever sought riches. He was just, he had all those things. And I, I think that's, that's going to be the difference that we're going to be showing right. you guys is there's a difference between following out your walk with faith, joy, faith, joy and obedience to the Lord and, hey, there's a blessing of financial prosperity or whatever, yes. like Abraham, there's a difference between that and seeking the financial prosperity and thinking that the vehicle to get there is through faith and obedience 100%, to the 100%. 100%. And I think uh, we want to make the point very clear. We're not trying to insult... No. And, and you can kind of cover that more. We're not trying to insult anybody's beliefs. With, we're not here to stomp on people's beliefs. We're not here to say, you're wrong and you're sinful and heretical. <laughs> what we're doing is, is a lot of times what happens is he and I will have a conversation and we'll start exploring this thing. And a lot of times it's because of something that gets preached or something that gets written. Or a belief system we've begun to believe that could be antithetical to Scripture. Exactly. We're, we're watching our own hearts and going, hey, I've noticed this trend in our heart. This yeah. trend in our heart. What's going on here? Let's and so we'll we have will. a lot of dialogue about it. And so often these these Monday podcasts are a result of the dialogue that we've been having over the previous week. It's mostly mourning over our sin. Yeah. <laughs> or or our wickedness or what we've done. Like so him and I are really good accountability. Pastor Todd's an accountability and I, the Lord's my primary accountability. But I think we talk so much in the last podcast I even ended with that seeking the Lord and I want yeah. to do that more. And that's where my heart's cry is. And when I don't do it, uh, like at three in the morning, I get so frustrated with myself. So tired. Again, God is not unjust. I'm not saying he's, he's mad at me or angry. It's not about that. I just want my heart so pliable where I listen to him and do what he calls me to do. I never started serving God because of money or riches. I served him because my sin was before him. I was, I was dead to my sins. I was dead in my sins. I should say, I saw the wrath of God coming against me. I knew I was guilty before God. My mouth was shut. I didn't know what to say. I didn't even have a... What's that song? I throw up my hands, praise you again and again, except for a heart singing hallelujah. I got oh, yeah. no... I know it's not much. I have nothing else fit for a king. I, I, that's really where my heart was. I got nothing, Lord. And then he came in and stepped in and paid my fine. I know that feeling. He stepped in in a place where I was like destitute of his righteousness and said... You have righteousness because you've believed on me. Take a hold of me. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. <clears throat> I never started with the intention of he's going to make me prosperous. He's going to heal my, my relationships. He's going to do it. Quite the opposite. Once I got saved, I got out of a two-and-a-half-year two, year, two and a half year relationship. Uh, my friends forsook me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I learned more and more about the gospel and doctrine, and people hated it. And again, I, I had something to do with that. My flesh was not, you know, I was still operating in the flesh in a lot of ways. I shouldn't have been as, 
unforgiving, right? I should have been a little more compassionate, obviously. Uh, so I had those issues. I just saw where my heart started turning to the things of God and the strictness of the gospel, and I was really strict about it uh, in a, my personal walk and those kind of things, fasting and praying, and, 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 all, and that, none of that is bad. That's all great. So my heart was never to prosper. It was never about prosperity, but it was never really... I was almost taught... Jesus was a suffering servant, and that poverty is the way for a Christian, and poverty is a safe bet. He, he warned the rich so many times, more than the poor. Matter of fact, he elevated the poor instead of... A, and so I'm thinking, okay, Jesus was a suffering servant. And then you hear sermons later on in your life, like Jesus had a treasurer, and it, Jesus had a home to live in, and, and all these things, right? Jesus uh, you know, wants to prosper because God is a good father, and a good father wouldn't want his son to be in poverty, Right, the uh, when the the prodigal son comes back, cooked the fatted calf, puts a ring on him, a robe, right, restores him back to that position of being his son, right. <clears throat> so you're thinking, okay, well then God does want to prosper us, right? And I believe He does. I believe He's a good father. I believe He wants to provide for His kids. I believe some have abundance and some don't, right? My whole thing is, am I content where I'm at right now? And my asking is not idolatrous. Yes, and we're gonna get into something that. I've I've thought about this whole vein a lot. Yes. And <laughs> and you have a lot of testimony in it. Yeah. And it's 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 tough because I know I'm going to step on toes and it's not my intention but just by the nature of the beast I'm going to step on toes. So we're going to talk about something called manifesting. And maybe you've heard this word in the Christian circles and and you've you've thought about this concept of the tongue, which is a very biblical process, right? The tongue. Now we all remember the book, The Secret. Oprah came out, and you get a book, and you get a book, and everybody gets a book. Yes, I just, I love that meme. <laughs> you know, it's applicable for everything. And so that book, Oprah pushed it to high heaven, no pun intended, and it became a bestseller. And it pushes forward this idea that is all the craze lately, which is this idea of manifesting, which when you just say that word, sounds a little... Demonic. Demonic, right? If, if you're in that charismatic type circle. Right. Now, I'm telling you, just Google the word manifesting and all kinds of blogs will pop up pushing forward the idea. I'm telling you, go do it now. I, don't no, worry, I'm secular, not trapping you. Secular ideas, right? Secular ideas, right, of manifesting. Now, what is it? The idea of manifesting has roots in the law of attraction, which basically says that which you, that which you put your mind to attracts the thing. So negative mindset? Negative things, positive mindset, positive things. Look, this that's not all that wrong. Because if all you ever think about are negative things, even when a positive thing comes in, you push that aside and you're like, yeah, but negative. Now, if you have a positive yeah. mindset, you you have energy to focus on the positive things. It's right. not a bad it's thing. It's not, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all these things, right? If you sow those things... And, and what does Scripture tell us to put our mind on? Yeah, the things above. The things above. Positive. Right? It's like, I'm looking towards heaven. That's a positive thing. That's awesome. I want things. I want the Lord. That's a positive thing. Uh, I want the best for others, right? The Bible says, seek not your own things, but the things of others. That's a good thing. So all of those principles can be rooted in Scripture. However, it's when it goes outside the fray, right? Right. So this this law of attraction, right? So the idea that what you put your your heart, your thoughts, your your deep, meditation into will attract that thing from the universe. It's part of the 12 universal laws 
which these are mostly constructed by ancient Hawaiian meditation cultures, and it even pulls roots from hermetics out of ancient Egypt. So some of the other laws, law of vibration, law of oneness, law of compensation, law of gender, law of cause and effect, etc. You see where we're going with this kind of concept? Funny how God's law is not good, but these laws we can construct out of... And notice what they're focused on. Me. Me. Peter warns about it. Timothy warns about it. In the last days, men will be lovers of their own selves. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Men will be lovers of them their own selves. That's where he's going with this. Nope. Be careful. So basically the idea, like we talked about, if you down to your core desire it, speaking about it, thinking about it, it'll attract it. And people have even created a science out of this. Okay, so I bought a book a while ago. And I ended up being frank, right? It was about breaking mindsets or whatever. About two chapters in, I realized it was this concept of manifesting. I'll be honest, I felt so convicted about this book that I put it down. I was like, I can't finish this. I cannot finish this. It was crossing conscience lines, man. Exactly, because what was it? I'm now going to put it all in my own hands of trying to get what I want. This is dangerous. So the author used an example of his daughter who wanted a trip to Spain or Italy as a foreign exchange student for four weeks in the summer. She didn't have the money to pay for it or the, or the, the connections to do it. He taught his kids this principle from early on, so he goes through the exercise with her. She ended up, through a random connection, getting exactly what she wanted, if not better than what she thought. Now, as Christians, this is pretty easy to spot the manifesting, which is a new age occultic divination method, and we can come up with some pretty quick answers as to why this is a problem. But the question is, what if you are in the current charismatic circles and you've heard something similar to this concept? My question is, and this is how to differentiate, what are you more focused on? Mm. We see this concept in more than just the prosperity gospel section of the church. It can pop up in weird places. Why? Because it gets mixed up with the concept of our words and our tongues. Our tongues are extremely powerful. The power of death and life are in the tongue. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The tongue sets brush fires. The tongue is a rudder steering a ship, etc., etc., etc. So our words are extremely powerful. God created using words. Christ is the word. We hold spiritual authority in what we say. But how are we using it? That is the ultimate question. That's exactly it. And I think that's what's bringing the balance. All those things, the Bible says, whatsoever you ask according to what? His will. Not my will. His will. How do you know the difference? Is it benefiting the gospel? Is it less of you, more of him? Is what you're asking for to propagate the kingdom? or prom- uh, Yeah, propagate the kingdom and push forward the kingdom? The Bible actually says in James, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask amiss because you want to consume it on your lusts. Dude, James is tough, bro. He's, like, I, he is cutthroat. <laughs> like, I love it because it's like hurt so good. Right, when, when he's like, James. if any of you lacks wisdom, ask in faith, nothing wavering. If you do ask with with wavering, you're like a wind. <laughs> or uh, I'm sorry, uh, you're tossed in the wind, you know, like the, on the waves or whatever. You're crashing the wind. Like just that stuff. As uh, a double-minded man in all of his ways, let not that man think he'll receive, receive anything from the Lord. Like, if you look at James, he's right. And he's the one who talks about the tongue creates brush fires. Mm-hmm. That entire scripture, that entire thing is showing us our dependency on the Lord. What is the will of God? What is not? 
And Mike just talked about it on Friday's podcast, the subtle idolatries, the little things that we start to focus on and say, well, this must be of the Lord. When your focus becomes the things I can get from God rather than, Lord, what can I give you? How much can I give you, Father? And my requests are these, Father, now that you have my heart, I just want to see your will done. I don't want money for me. Matter of fact, uh, I've seen others prosper because that's what they focused on. They need to prosper in order to do these things. Lord, we did this with no money. We've mm-hmm. gone and preached. You know this. You were with me. Yeah. <laughs> we were driving in his Buick <laughs> with a car that had a bulge on the tire. We didn't have money to <laughs> fix it. You remember? <laughs> we had to go get a used tire for it yep. because it was 40 bucks. Yeah. And, and, and his tire was about to pop, and we drove across Ohio to go preach and do these things. We don't care about the money. We've never really been about the money. And if you look at our budgets, you'd actually laugh and say, you guys did that much last year with that kind of... Our board yeah, actually we, was like... What? We have people who know numbers, and they look at us, and they're like, how are you still alive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how are you functioning? Well, how are you doing this? And, and some would say that's a that's a uh, not being a good steward, that you should have money in the storehouse. Our focus has always been, Lord, give us what we need to do and accomplish your will. Now, I do believe in that. Like, there should be money in the storehouse so that we have reserves and in case we need it. You know, all these things, a financial downturn, whatever, that God would give us those things. And we're always on that line, and we're grateful that God is opening our heart to that. But my heart is still, even if I don't, Lord, I'm still going to go preach. I'm still going to go do what you call me to do. I'm still going to go out and be me. I'm still going to preach. I'm still going to minister, do all these things. Mike's still going to continue doing these things, doing everything he's done before, advancing the kingdom of God and what God has called him to do and this ministry. My wife, my kids, they'll always come with us. Uh, We'll provide as best we can for you and for others that work for us. We're benevolent. We always give out of self-evidence coffers. Uh, Tithing uh, is important to us. And and that's that thing we're always learning how to grow, Mm -hmm. giving. Uh, We're learning how to grow from ministry. So I can say we're not always perfect. I mean, we've we've definitely done some dumb things with the you know the the ministry as far as like overpaying for things which we didn't know. Uh, we were ignorant. We lost some money sometimes. We didn't know. <laughs> we just made, we took we took chances we shouldn't have. Yeah. I thought it was the right move. I screwed up, Lord. Part of life, you know. Like- but we can say if you do bless us that way, Lord, you know we're going to keep going. We're still going to keep being us. We're not mm-hmm. going to fall into those pits. We don't want to fall into the pit of idolatry. And we're not saying if you live in a prosperous way, you're idolatrous. That's not what we're no. saying. God's economy, God's kingdom is so much higher than what we do on this earth. I'm not storing up my treasures in heaven or on earth because of me. I want to store up for them because so that they can be blessed and understand that God provided for them and God wants them to, 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 to have these things and for their families to be blessed and taken care of. I'm doing that for my kids. I'm doing that for the future of, 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 of our nation the future uh, prosperity of our souls, right? I want that. Like Third John says, I pray that you prosper even as your soul prospers and our health. I want that, dude. I think, though, however, we can fall into this real big trap of because I lack, I need to ask God. So almost like that brokenness message on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We let the circumstance dictate what our brokenness is instead of letting our broken state dictate what the circumstance is. In other words, if you're truly broken before God, you will count it all joy when you fall through various trials. Most people think trials are brokenness. That's not true. And God can use trials to break you. That's not, yes, that can happen. Psalm 51, you know, reading David's repentance and all these things. I I, I firmly believe God can use those things, and it breaks us to him and breaks our will. 
I think that's cool. But like, we've almost, if we don't receive the blessing from God, we get mad at God. And that's throwing a temper tantrum like a child. Yeah. And we, we also consider it against ourselves that we don't have the faith that we should have, because if we did have the faith, God would provide to us. So let's use an example. Finances are tight. You got to pay the bills. Yeah. What are you putting all your faith in and, and your reliance in? That God will give me what I need and provide and provide, or God wants me to be blessed and have abundantly. Yeah. And I think it's 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 very subtle. Yeah. It's very can subtle. I, can I go with this for a minute? Go for it. I it always puzzles me. This is a real puzzling thing. Look what God provided me to get a car. Now I have to pay six hundred dollars a month and I can barely afford that. But it's the car I've always wanted, and God blessed me with it. So he blessed you with debt? Blessed you with something that holds you down and I don't understand you? <laughs> that. I don't, I don't, I've never agreed with it. I don't understand that mentality, that God blesses you with debt. When scriptures in Proverbs, right. I think in Ecclesiastes too, talks about not being beholden in, in debt, not owing, uh, owe no man anything, right? But the truth, but to love one another. And, and I've never understood that concept of, God really blessed us to carry debt. Now, houses, were, you, you almost have to unless you have money. Yeah. But like fringe things like cars, I drive a car that I paid off in cash. I'm not bragging about a payment. You know what I mean? Right. Because that's what you brought on yourself. And, you see what I'm saying? Like, And I, I'm sure you've heard the story that Rick Evans tells about his house, you know, and and it truly was the Lord of when he had this house. That was a up miracle. In, a miracle. Like the house was what, 6,500 square feet or something. <laughs> I'm like, three like story. five acres, three story. And he got it for like a song. <laughs> and he talks about how the Lord brought it through. So we're not at all saying that the Lord doesn't provide an abundance and blessing, but be very careful, very wary of drawing rules on this whole thing and saying, well, that's going to be the story for every single person if they're Agreed. dedicated, obedient to Christ. Because guess what? Mother Teresa died in poverty, and I'm guessing she was probably a little more righteous and faithful than you were. <laughs> too, too much? Too much. No, too much? no. no disciples did too. I mean, not all right, of them died rich. Right. They, so we can't use blessing, abundance, provision as that marker it's not the of our faith. Of it's our not faith. the litmus. And, and I've, I've seen myself do it, and I think Same. that's why I'm so passionate of it, is like, I, I have not made millions in my lifetime, and I've watched myself scrape by with my family in tow, going, why did my wife not just move out? <laughs> and what see, that state, right? Because I've, I've done it. Yeah. It's like she could find someone so much better. That is the enemy, bro, because yeah. your mind is focused on the wrong thing. And what do you then you go to the Lord and you go, obviously you're not giving me abundance because I've done something wrong or I'm not close enough to you or I'm not provided for by you like I should be. We always had food. We always got our bills paid. And and it's really our attitudes that bring about the righteousness of where God has us, right? Our right. attitudes of what, like, hey, we're content. And the fact that we could even ask that, and I know some of you have, so look, condemn us if you want. I don't care. But we have, a, I mean, I've said it. Man, she could she could have found so much, yeah, so much I, more I, better. And here I'm thinking, did I just speak against the blessing God gave me as a wife? What God has joined together, let no man, not even yourself, put it asunder. Right. That's dangerous, man. Don't speak against what God's given you like that. 
because she's content. My wife is happy. Has she been frustrated? Yeah, that we couldn't have things for like the boys at Christmas and stuff like that for a certain amount of years. Yeah. And this year we got blessed a little bit and we were able to do some things for our kids, not stupid things. We don't give them stupid things, but like we were able to, to, to get them things. It's like, man, without like reservation, it was like, okay, I, we, we have this much. So we're going to spend, and they were so blessed, man. They, they, they're happy. They got, you know, things that, that made them excited and all that stuff. And what's stupid is too, it's like, we get them things anyway. Right. So being content where we're at, in our stage of life is where we need to be. I go still asking the Lord, Lord, we really need more. I would love to have an abundance. I would love to have these things. I would love to have another place where we can go on vacation instead of spending three, three thousand dollars on a week vacation in in the in in uh, the Smokies. Where's that at? Uh talk about Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. Because that's what it costs to go up there. Man, we had to yeah. save up a lot of money for that. It was like three grand for seven days. It was just traveling up, traveling back, the, the Airbnb, where we were. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be nice to just have a property where you and I and others could just go enjoy right. it? Right? Just to have that. I don't think that's wrong. I really don't. I don't think that's wrong at all to have that kind of place where we could Airbnb it out and uh, have people come and have ministers come and rest and relax and all those things. Um, but, And I think it's one of those things that it's where you need to realize where is your standard? Where is your heart at, right? So the the contentment factor is really important. So right. perfect example, we were talking about our wives and you know, well, I'm it's tight and you know, she, she going to up and but the blessing of the family just got overshadowed by the lack of blessing Ooh. in money. <laughs> Idolatry. 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 All of a sudden, well, I'm not blessed because I'm not getting what I think I should have, right? And we've got to be very careful. You're allowed to have desires in your heart, right? There are certain things he desires, I desire, that are material. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but how quickly and how easily we put it up as a subtle idol in our lives. And this is something that the Lord's really working me through of like how many idols I set up in my heart that I never realized were idols, that I never recognized as an idol. It's, oh, that's just the way I am. And I think what concerns me is we got to be very careful of the subtle idol of self. Now, Massey's looking up something, but I want to hit this point. And, and I was looking this up yesterday, and it was completely unrelated, but this fits perfectly. I was looking up some stuff on various satanic occultic groups, and there's a message that seems to move throughout these Satanist groups is basically about you worshiping yourself, you being a god. It's about the self. So the temple of Set, which believes Satan is real and is the one true God, believes that he himself has told them not to worship him, but to worship themselves. When I see this concept of manifesting in the Christian focus or version of it, I get squirrely because it often seems very self-focused. And what you actually do is you actually put God into the position of a vehicle or vessel to get that desire of your heart. And it can be nuanced. It can be subtle. But I've witnessed myself do it, where my goal is actually, say, the finances. And I'm told, well, you've got to have full faith, full belief in the Lord that he'll give this to you. Yeah. And then you'll get it. So then the system reverse, 
in my heart. And it's like, okay, to get this, I need to have full faith and assurance in the Lord, full belief that he'll do it for me. If I do that, then he'll give me this. That's a very dangerous spot to go because guess what's the idol in my heart? God's not the the one in my heart. He's not the idol in my heart. He's the vehicle to get to my idol. And we do it so often with so many different things. We look to the Lord and we say, well, Lord, I really want this. And I'm told that if I, I have full faith and I pray on it and I, I believe with everything I am that you'll give it to me, you'll give it to me. You'll provide it because I've got to have this positive mindset about it. I've got to set my mind on it. Do you see how the inner workings of manifestation work yeah, in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It's terrible. And, and I use the example of we've got to decide is this concept of <clears throat> manifesting a Christian perspective from God is the source that got twisted, or is it an occultic practice that we're trying to modify and insert into Christianity? So, so often what happens is following the Lord, animal sacrifice is a perfect example. There is a righteous use, a righteous method of animal sacrifice. God has placed it forth. Other gods... In the, other, in the Old Testament. Yeah. In the Old Testament. Other gods, other religions use it, but they've twisted it for themselves. Which is everything. Which is everything, right? So I'm not saying that the idea of having faith in the Lord that he'll provide for you is not a righteous concept. It is a righteous concept. But it gets twisted to where all of a sudden it's not actually about God providing me the abundance that I need in his will. It's, I want this, so how do I create it into a need so that God will give it to me? And that's... Man, that's a rough place to be because all of a sudden you've placed yourself above God. Exactly, dude. And it's those are some freaking killer points. I think because too, like um, I'm, I was thinking about First Timothy six, um, and I'll read from verse three and on. He says, "If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, sound being grounded words." those of our Lord Jesus Christ with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he's conceited and understands nothing, but he has a sick craving for controversial questions and disputes about words from which comes envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of depraved mind and, and deprived of the truth who suppress that godliness, who suppose that godliness means great gain. In other words, those people who constantly focus on gain as godliness, he says that's actually a bad thing, and it's people who don't hold sound doctrine. In other words, the god the, the gain is more important than godliness because god or gain equates to godliness. Mm -hmm. That is not the truth. That is not the truth. Then most of our missionaries should be considered ungodly because they die. Most of them that have died died in poverty, right? They did, they died with nothing, and some died with some. But some died in poverty, and then he says this, godliness means, is, means a great gain. He says, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Great gain isn't bad when it's accompanied with godliness and contentment. I'm content whether I have. Paul actually said that what, what I've had and I've lost. I've been up, I've been down. He basically said, and I'm content in all Clothed, things. naked, yeah, right. starving, full, rich, poor. So then he says this, for we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. So who is it really for? Us? It's actually for them. It's for the future, right? He says this, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. Who want to get rich 
Do you notice the their whole, heart is to the riches? The whole th- because people may over spiritualize the previous verses, but you notice he's talking about great gain, and then immediately he's talking about those who want to get rich. The thought hasn't ended and shifted to a new thought. It's a consistent it single line of thought. So he is talking about not just great gain spiritually. He's talking about in this world. He's talking about those that lack spiritual doctrine, sound doctrine from Jesus. If they don't have their heart full of Jesus, he says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. He's right. Mike's right. And many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction because they were lusting after the thing instead of the creator, Romans 1, right? For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. The love of money. Remember, it's not the love of God. It's the love of money. When I put my heart on the Lord, he provides the money. I don't care about it. I just want to do his will. He says this, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And it, sorry, did you have a... I'm done. Okay. And and it gets subtle. We have to stop taking the enemy, our flesh, for granted. Mm -hmm. Because what we'll do is we'll go, ah, well, I won't fall into that. You're the prime suspect. Yeah, yeah. Because what Satan will do is Satan will use such... Or your flesh, how, whatever, right? Because I don't. Everybody goes, "Oh, Satan! It was Satan! It was the demons!" Well, maybe it's just you and your heart. Yeah, the Bible talks about that. It's your heart. It's flesh. It's outside forces. Whatever you, however, it's your human nature. Sinful desires, exactly. And those sinful desires are so subtle. And I'm going to bang this drum till kingdom come. That be very wary because what we'll do is we'll look forward and we'll go. Well, I'm defending against all of this stuff because it's major and massive, and and I can see it. I don't want to become the greedy billionaire, you know, who who sold his soul. And meanwhile, you're actually backing yourself into Bingo. another sinful position because you're so focused on money to pay the next bill. And you're like, well, I've got to, I've got to put it all in my heart that the Lord's going to pay this bill, and I need the money for the bill. And if if the Lord will give me the money, and I can have a little abundance, then I'll provide. Do you see how you've backed yourself into still focused on money, still focused on greed? It's just looking different. What this is saying is, no, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yeah. All else will be added unto you. Because when you're really focused on the Lord and you're focused after what he's doing, man, it doesn't matter whether you're full or starving. It and, doesn't matter whether you're clothed or naked or rich or poor. And, and opportunities open up for you to prosper. Yes. It does. It, it, they open up. And guess what? I, I think about like North Korea. I've brought this up several times because I think a lot about their position. We in the West would, if we're going to apply this philosophy, this quote-unquote, theology, on them. Well, that means that the Christians should have the three, four-bedroom houses and the car in their driveway, and they should have food on the table every day. They don't. The Christians are some of the most oppressed of people. So now we've got an, an inconsistency. We've got to decide, okay, are they just not righteous enough, or do we have a problem with our philosophy that masquerades as a theology? I say we've got a problem. We've got an inconsistency. So we've got to go back and decide, okay, these people who are so sold out for the Lord that they're smuggling Bibles out of China into North Korea with threat of 20 years of concentration camp, what's different and what's the same? What's consistent? What's not? My guess is they have a day where a bowl of rice shows up. Mm -hmm. 
My guess is they have a day where family members has been carted away to concentration yep. camp, but they have a day, a moment of love with a family member. My guess is as they're sitting in the concentration camp getting tortured, they have a moment of the Lord wrapping his arms around them. We have got to get rid of our, our and I don't say this stuff, but our American Western idea of what it means to be blessed by the Lord, because we make it situation specific and we throw out the truth. Scripture talks about the people who lived in caves, who wore rags, right. who, who the world was not worthy of. That's right. So do we look Ooh. at them and say, you're not righteous enough, or do we go, okay, our expectation of what righteous is and blessed is, is wrong. Now, we may live in a nation where God goes, look, I want to bless you. So, hey, here's an added bonus to your salary. You should be content to say, thank you, Lord, as much as you are when the Lord pays your bill by one penny extra. Or if you lose your house, but your family still has some food, right? Like we have got to readjust our mindset to where the Lord is the blessing himself in all things. And hey, whatever he chooses to bless me with, thank you, Lord. Yep, yep. Doesn't mean you get rid of your desires. It doesn't mean that, that you, you write yourself off as I'll just always be poverty stricken. But understanding and being one of those people like, whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, whether I'm a millionaire, whether I'm broke. I'm content. I'm content. I'm good. Because yep. then you're consistent with every other Christian across the world. Right, uh, so unless you, you, I, I really, I mean, I think we kind of hit it. You know, like there's nothing wrong with having those desires of of wanting things, and and I, I don't think that's wrong. And I've found that whenever I've desired something, six months later it comes in my lap once I quit it. Like if I die to when it, when it dies, yeah, it's just dead. I'm like, it. I don't care. And I believe there's some cool things that he's put on my heart again that I'm like, man, that's cool, Lord, thank you. And when you, if you bring it to pass, I'm cool. If not, I'm cool too. You know what I mean? And uh, so, but I'm more focused on, Lord, what's your will? And he'll prosper me how he sees fit. And I believe he will prosper our way. Yeah. I really do. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against that at all. I, I just don't want my heart there. I want my heart attached to him. Same here. Because again, certainly we carried nothing into this world. We're not going to be able to carry it out either. I just want to know on that day when he says, you know, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm not thinking, thanks for all the abundance, Lord, because I'm going to the place where the streets of gold and mansions, I'm... I'm that that's where yeah. I'm at, man. When when you, you can know. set yourself to the eternal, the temporal doesn't matter nearly it as much. It doesn't, man. And so let's focus on the things of God. And, and maybe some of you are dealing with that kind of idolatry mindset, or you're confused about, man, should I ask for this? Should I not? I believe some are prospered, and we we know so many of them. They yeah. just walk in this authority and righteousness, and the riches doesn't have a hold of them. Uh, and we're going to some fun uh, places in Nevada, and, and some of our friends there just. They're so cool, and they do have a means uh, uh, like that, but they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about you and how well you're taken care of. That's a true kingdom heart, man, mm -hmm. true kingdom heart. And so we want to pray for you and bless you just to say, we understand that idolatry creeps in and you want your heart right, but also trust that the Lord is a father and he wants to provide for you too. He wants to give you those good things and bless you with things from heaven. That's not a bad thing. It's when your heart goes idolatrous and almost says, Lord, you're not, you're not with me if you're not providing. That's wrong. Your, your salvation is intact. That's what we're focused on is the kingdom of heaven. So, Lord, we just thank you that if anybody's dealing with an idolatrous mindset, I've been there, Mikey been there, I'm sure our wives have been there, 
where we almost dictate our salvation based on what he's given us, and that's wrong. So, Lord, we repent of that. We repent of that mindset and say, Lord, we don't want that. And I ask, Lord, I can't change me. We have that. Lord, change our hearts to want what is yours. Break my heart for what breaks you. Let my heart be so submitted to you, Father, that all this other stuff doesn't matter, that we truly do seek the kingdom of God first and your righteousness, and then everything else will be added to us. When our heart is converted to you, then those things don't have a hold of us, Lord. So when you decide to bless us, and you will because you're sovereign and you're a good Father, that it doesn't have a hold of me, that I don't consume it on my lusts, that I truly has your heart, and that if you bless me, I want to give it to other people so they can enjoy it and bless, bless my sons with an inheritance. That's a biblical thing, Lord, and I pray for that. I pray for us to have that mindset. So, Lord, we bless you and, and acknowledge our sinful ways. We acknowledge our, 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 the sin, the iniquity within us, Lord, and we pray you cleanse us the way David asked to cleanse our iniquities. Search my heart, Lord, know me. We seek truth in the inward parts, and so, Father, that you would give us that, Lord, and that you would restore unto us the joy of our salvation, the joy of what we do, that, our whole, that the Holy Spirit is with us. And we bless your name, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out, theselfevidenttruth.com. Get yourself some merch. You'll notice in the description we've been posting links to shirts, books, the website, donation, that kind of thing. So visit those links. Uh, thank you so much. We love you guys. We'll see you Friday. Love y'all.